Sounds like a club. Yeah. <laughs> and we already talked about clubs. Yeah, I, uh... Andrew has a lot of good topics. I'm not a fan of this one. This is a, this well, one's a, a good one. topic. This is a, no, this is a hard no. That, it makes me angry. That's how much <laughs> I do topic. I'm, I, I just want to tell my computer to do right now. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Rally Podcast. Coming at you again on our tri-weekly schedule. Please excuse this nice bright light on my forehead as the 3 p.m. glare is not really kind to me. But anyway, I'm Mike here with uh, Logan Cornelius and Sean Boyer, and we got some uh, fun topics for you today. And the fun first topic today is uh, one that everyone was talking about this past week, which was the lost season broadcast on ESPN. And you may have heard uh, Logan Cornelius both on the mic and as an observer. So we'll get some insight that that happened. And also Sean Boyer was involved a lot as well. So they're going to give you some insight into it, see how much they can share. Um, and I'm going to sit back and learn some new info too. Yeah, well, so going into this year, 2020, we were planning to kind of bring broadcasts more internal company-wise because we'd work with some ESPN suggested uh, production companies in the past and it's something we just want to get better at. So the first one we we're actually gearing up to do was the San Francisco tour stop, but that was actually right around when uh, everything with COVID happened, all, pretty much all events got canceled, everyone knows the story there. So we were brainstorming ways throughout the year when stuff sort of smoothed over a little bit of how we could bring teams together in a safe way and still create a broadcast and have this almost like mock tournament to make up for lost time or the lost season if you will and so for this first episode which we filmed what was Logan in August Two, uh, three, August, August yeah August yeah so a few months ago um, we brought together a handful of top college teams and had them duke it out and we did interviews with them and it was just a really cool experience um to be able to get everyone together after being tested and create this thing. Uh, it was myself, Nick, Logan, and Nora, who were sort of manning it from the spike balling side. Logan got the privilege of being both an observer and a uh, announcer and commentator, which was cool. But yeah, for us, just holistically, it's like us trying to learn as a company how to display the sport in a way that is entertaining for people, not, not just for our tight-knit community, but for um, the broader audience. And uh, we're pretty proud of how the first one turned out. But with that said, I think it's something that we can get a lot better at and still are figuring out the best way to go about it. So yeah, I was diligently reading through a lot of the comments on the SRA Facebook page before, during, and after um, just to keep a pulse on things. But it's it's hard to make everyone happy and a lot of people have opinions and uh, it's fun to work through. Yeah, and like Sean, Sean was like the the director of it all, so it's it's kind of cool seeing him take over and kind of cast a vision on on making it all happen, and um, that that was exciting to see just from a, a different point of view, and uh, just seeing him Nick kind of be the producer role and and Sean be the director role and kind of make it all happen and plan it out, and um, just even to like see these real games go on um, and people competing, and then how it's all pieced together and main to a storyline was was exciting to see and yeah it was it was fun to be a part of it however i could um you know i i enjoyed it a lot so it's it's cool just seeing seeing us try it in different ways and again it's really like 
feel like Sean's baby putting it all together. So I really just, I'm there and I'm like, Hey, tell me what to do and I'll do it. So um, <laughs> well, you did it all. I like being, I like being along for the ride. Yeah. The other element here was for the last or the first few broadcasts we did, it was very like traditional sports broadcast. So it was, you're going to show the full game from start to finish. Like, Here's a sport, here's a tournament, very structured. And going into the last season, what we wanted to do is encapsulate more of the storylines with the players and have more of the interview elements. Um, and I think we're going to keep trending that way because we think there's a lot of great personalities within the community and just the people involved. And I think intuitively, the more someone cares about who's playing, the more engaged they will be with the actual sport that's going on. So that's kind of our line of thinking. Uh, with it all, but going into 2021, granted things aren't, the world isn't totally shut down. We're hoping to do a few more broadcasts like these and just keep expanding on the idea and get better at it ourselves, uh, which is encouraging. Yeah. To go, to go with the story, you had all the interviews. Um, I wanted to ask how long did you interview everyone? Um, were you just like in there for hours trying to get some good sound bites? Well, so for the first, the last season, the first one that just aired, we did interviews and the gameplay all on the same day out at the same site. Um, and so like teams would interview and then go play and then we'd like cycle people through and it was like a day long thing for the one we just filmed in Texas, uh, which is going to air in mid December. We did a whole day on Saturday, which was like six hours with teams just sitting in a room, like bringing them in, talking to them, trying to get like pull out these storylines or, or themes, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Sunday we did all the gameplay filming. So we're, yeah, yeah and that, and that, that structure was a lot better because we weren't so crammed with time. We actually had uh, the ability to sort of meet the players and learn a lot about them. And uh, it was a little more stress-free. Um, I'm going to say to the viewers, Sean's connected to it. So he's low key about it, but he just announced the second yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's that like, you remind me of uh, Tom Holland. Oh yeah, when I was filming Spider-Man One. Oh, not that there's a second one. Not, not that I film. <laughs> not that I film more than one. Yeah, I guess. Since, but I mean, uh, but, but that's the end of the broadcast. The, the end of the broadcast said to be continued, and <laughs> you're, you're saying it is to be continued. It was at Texas. We'll see what else that brings. Uh, but no more spoilers other than that, and should be up in uh, December. I'll give one spoiler on the second one. So we invited five teams to come out to Texas, and. Uh, we invited five because there's a chance with all of our precautions we were doing with testing that a team might test positive for COVID and not be able to attend. And that's actually happened with one of the teams and they couldn't attend. So we were fine and had four, but I'll leave, I'll leave the people to speculate through that, <laughs> what school that was or what school went. But yeah, that's going to air mid-December. Um, and I think it'll be even better than the last in terms of just production value and how it's all pieced together. You're gonna have this to do one next year called the lost the lost season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll add it to the docket. Yeah. yeah. This is how we're gonna get our views up. Is we're gonna start getting Sean to drop hints uh, about different things in the middle of the episode. <laughs> I'll start dropping some 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 spike ball limited edition knowledge. This is how we get everyone here. Yeah, I don't I don't think I really have. I don't think anyone cares about what I do, so I don't have anything <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Uh, I was trying to think of something, but I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, you got the college schedule for next year. Yeah, yeah, I guess I do have that. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing a Cowboys jersey. 
Is that a hint? You know, it's not what, a jersey. You... Not a jersey. Also, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just uh, but I enjoyed the last season. I think when you try to do the more storyline aspect, I like that because I think you get to know the people. I think um, what's interesting is it's it's kind of that hybrid between documentary and live game. Um, you know, which is kind of interesting. Like, it's it's not. Uh, I, it reminded me of. Um, uh, I don't know what other things, but like the Bruins used to do it, the NHL used to do it, where like during the playoffs, it would be like off the ice stuff, and then they would do the games, but from like a very impersonal view, like down on the ice or all that stuff. And it's so. This kind of it wasn't like that where it's not completely personal from the perspective of one team. It wasn't completely broad, like just a straight broadcast. So I like the hybrid, but I'd also be interested to see like if we did a very, you know, is it biopic or microscopic view of one team? Like, what would that be? Right? Like, if the entire broadcast was no high angle stuff it's just it was straight views of ohio state all day you know like what would that have looked like yeah like a like a not necessarily a documentary but a documentary feel about it following one team is that kind of what you're saying yeah right where you're just like following one team all day and that's all we care about yeah, yeah it'd be cool to do once seasons come or the tour stops come back if do we fall around whatever the reigning national champ is for a year and just make a docu series on their progression through the sport and how they perform and approach it? Right. That'd be that would be pretty cool. I think there's tons of, tons of cool stuff. I love the, the the hybrid approach between the two to get to know people, but also you know make it a you know more of a broadcast. Um, but I'm also just super excited to see where it goes in the future with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I. I do want to. I want to touch on commentating a little bit because I know there was a lot of there was a lot of talk in the or <laughs> excitement. Um, you know, like I may I may not be the gold standard, but I'm hoping to at least be aluminum. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, one, I, what's on? You can finish your thought. I was going to say I I liked all the comments about like wanting more excitement um, and like reacting to things. And I think that's one thing that was. Interesting because obviously, like I was observing day of, and we filmed afterwards. So, and no, I didn't remember every play, but there was a lot of like, like I wasn't watching the game for the first time, which was an interesting way to look at it. But I think the excitement part of it, Sean, you've obviously commented as well. Um, like, how do y'all feel that roundness should be commented? Because I know there are a few different, few different views on like whether oh, like it should be hype, we should be getting loud, or like it should be like tennis. So. I think it's tough. I do think that because I've done it a few times for ESPN and I think I learned a lot throughout it and it is tough to find that balance between like ex explaining the sport to someone who's never seen it before yeah. and then also talking to the audience that like fully gets it yeah. and like holding both those hands and like making it watchable and entertaining for both. Uh, so I thought you did a great job for your first time, Logan. I think that there's always going to be people ways that we could do it better. For sure. Um, but it's it's tough to walk that line. And um, yeah. the excitement piece of it, one thing I like, the one point, I forget who made it, but it, it made a lot of sense. It's like when Chu hits that reverse cut serve, it's like 
that excitement needs to be there because the average viewer won't know how special that is. Yeah. But to your point, Logan, we did do commentary and post. So you knew that was coming. You were observing the match. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's hard to make that feel authentic mm-hmm. and real when it's not in like a live situation, but it's just something that, that we're working through and we're getting better at. Yeah. I, I, when I'm thinking about it, I think it's, it's hard because I think you have to, you can't feign excitement. You have to really feel it. And I mm-hmm. think that's hard when you're doing it in post or when you're doing um, something right. If, if you're commentating a, a match and it's pool play, you'll like get excited for some cool plays, but you're not excited about every play, right? In the semis and the finals, you're excited about every little thing. And I think that's hard with, um, may, maybe it is just hard with a smaller little event, you know, where we're not stoked because it's, it's not like, the college national finals or, or it could have been right. I think excitement here as, as the college national say would it's a pseudo college national finals, you know, that excitement can kind of ooze. And I think you just have to br- bring it up so that the fans know that it's exciting. And I think it comes from the, the person commentating and, and you, um, but it's really hard to kind of find that level and also try to maintain professional because I know for the first yeah. broadcast, like you, right? You're like you're saying, Sean. You have to. You you sound professional. You explain little things to the game, and so it's hard to just go off. And I know on professional games, when it's coming down to it, the commentators kind of just they do go wild a lot of the time. But for yeah. the most part, they're not, and it's hard to figure out where you are in that, uh, you know, uh, wave of it. Yeah. And I, and I will say in uh, the second filming, there were exciting plays in the first one and like choose a verse cut was, was good. Uh, it was a, it was a fantastic reverse cut, but in, in the second filming, there were a few plays that got me out of my seat, <laughs> whereas there was a lot of exciting plays in there. So, um, there were some that got me out of my seat in the uh, in the second filming, so it'll be exciting to see those. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, yeah, and I, I think one thing too. I think I was like when I'm, obviously I'm a big football fan. Um, when Tony Romo transitioned to be a commentator, there was a lot of like uh, like people didn't like the way he commentated, but then slowly like he like became one of the best commentators in the game. Like people, he had that like childish excitement about every play and then obviously like he started like predicting what was going to happen but he was just he commented a different style so i think just working with him trying different styles is um you can find what kind of fits it and i think there is a lot of people like that are in the community and ingrained in the community um they're watching games in a different way than the majority of people who are watching those games on espn so it's uh, to sean's point earlier is how do we how do we find something for for both? Because even like on our Twitch streams, like that's a very like distinct community. That's people who sought it out or watching it on Twitch. Whereas like on ESPN, that's a completely different community of people right. who are watching. So it's it's an interesting way to how do we how do we find the right way to do it? 
I, I have one comment here, and then I, I think your original question was how should Roundup be commentated, which I think we didn't really answer. But the, the first thing is I think it a lot of the, the a lot of the accessibility, right, Sean, when you were doing color for the first two, and Logan, you did it a lot where Marshall was asking you questions, but a lot of it is, you know, you get the call of the hit, right, that he hit it through him, and then you get Sean to come in and say, you see here he opened his hips to do an open shot to push around. Like, I think that is where you make your money, right? That is where you, right, the first person brings the excitement of the play, and then the second person explains what happened to yeah. the viewer. And it may not be low level, right? You may call it a push shot. You may call it a pull. You may call it a flick. Um, you may say a body up or all these things. But at least like the basic content is there. Like, oh, there he waited a little longer so that he could push it low around him or something like that. And I think that's a huge aspect of commentating round net is like, we have such little time between points, so a lot of it really flows from at what happened, and I think what I think is important is you don't have to say everything. You can just you don't don't you don't say nothing, but it's okay if you miss things. I remember back in the day when I was commentating top ten plays, and it's like, all right, well, this is just exhausting. There's too much going on, but you can just like wait for a second and kind of see the hit or that's a good chance to build excitement because you're like, oh, are they going to get it on? Right? You don't have to like say, oh, and he hits it with his right hand from a distance. But anyway, and I, but I think that's the big thing where it flows between what happened and the explanation. And I think if the energies match between the two, um, then you have a, a, good, a good pair and a good broadcast. Yeah. And we're, I, we're taking a lot of this to heart in the sense that for the second one, uh, we want to take those points where we feel that there's like an ed educational element to the actual sport and then show a number of replays from different angles and have whoever the color commentator is come in and explain the nuances and like delve into it. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that gets us a little bit closer to where we want to be. Uh, and yeah, I think the kind of what you're talking about just with the professionalism while also having the right level of excitement is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a challenge. We're learning. That's all. I mean, this yeah. is for, for perspective. This is the first time we've ever done this, like in house, yeah. completely produced and directed by ourselves. Uh, so, and it was really well done. Directed so. by Mr. Sean Boyer. Yeah. Well, me and it was a team effort. <laughs> team effort. So we're just waiting for the FB now, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I exactly. want to say like kind of go what you got with that was like there was a segment explaining like serving right and there are some other set things like that and i think those go a long way of course you know when someone puts on espn they don't always often watch the the full hour but right that does a lot to it and similarly you could say some things about you know the reverse cut or push shots or something and you could show like three highlights of those things with the commentator kind of explaining it and having those interjected into the broadcast kind of explain the game at a deeper level as it goes, but doesn't have to do it like every time something happens. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Love that. So we got two more topics. I think this one 
we'll try not to tangent too much. We'll see how long it goes. But this is a funny one brought to us by our producer, uh, Mr. Andrew Gassaway. And at first, so he brought up the concept of three-person teams. And all three of us first thought he was talking about three-on-three. And I was already spinning. I was like, all right, well, I played in a three-on-three with sides in a bounce tournament. And, like, I was the setter, and I received every time. And Ezra was, like, our lefty hitter. Nick was our right. We had everything going. Not what he's talking about. Scrap that. Um, And I think we've already talked about that before. What he's talking about is having multiple people on a team that can sub in and out during a tournament, during a game maybe. And Logan, are you shaking your head or are you just waiting patiently? Well, I was shaking my head in my mind. Apparently, I was doing it. Apparently, I was a different person, too. Um, so, we'll see about that. I'll pose for the first question. Uh, do you think that there's there would be a future in which um, there are more than two players on a round net team? I'll put it this way. Maybe there's a... Like somewhere in the multiverse, people are playing with three man teams, but I don't I don't see it as a future. And I, three man teams, two on two round net with three man teams just sounds like there's someone who's spending a whole day not playing a lot of round net. And you know they're gonna go talk to the GM and they're gonna want to trade. They're gonna want to go to a different organization, get out of there because they're not getting the playing time. Um, I just the games hey. aren't long enough. They aren't tiring enough. Are you are fun. you telling me when you're in the finals, your arms feeling fresh? Um, I mean, it doesn't feel bad enough to like I need to sub out. But okay. also, I'm not a serve baller, so I don't really know <laughs> if I can that correctly. Yeah, I think that I could see a future where we have solved the rally problem. Rally each rally is now going a minute long, <laughs> and wow. the endurance of players. like fatigues over the course of a tournament even more so than it does today maybe that would warrant substitutes but even then i think most players are competitive enough to not ever want to be subbed off or sit on the sidelines for like an important time in the game so it'd be a hard case to make Mm -hmm. i'm I'm thinking of a cool situation here right so we got we got uh we got chiswick showalter Plus Ryan Fitzgerald, three-person team. We got on the other side. We got Boisterous, Preston, and Caleb. Plus Clark Marshall. And for some reason, you know, uh, I I don't know well enough in this analogy, but essentially it's like, okay, you know, Boisterous took us game one. Let's throw PJ. PJ got blown up on the serve, and it's like, okay, let's surprise him. Let's bring in Fitzy. And then Fitzy and Tyler win, but Boisterous is like, yo, all right, Tyler and Fitzy, I know they got a Clark problem, so let's throw in Clark. But then, you know, Tyler and Fitzy first are like, ooh, all right, so should we sub out Tyre preemptively, or are they going to bluff and not throw in Clark? You know, think about the different uh, situations you got to prep for. It's like, what are, they, what are they going with? It's like a lineup in any sport, you know. It's kind of like a chess match in that way. Yeah, it's gonna be like a little chess match, and then the reason I don't like that though is because it's just it's even less of a reason to have a well-rounded game, you know. Mm. Like, oh, here he's our server, you know. Go make sure you can do an ace every time you want, or he's he's our D guy. When instead, I think every player should be able to do just about everything. Mm. Right, and if I was on a three-person team, I would never get to play. 
<laughs> whenever, I'm up, team, whenever I'm up to serve, I'm just going to sub in the, the young serve baller who has no other game but can have right, but I, so I, But I was thinking more subbing. You can only sub in between games. That's a different yeah, I, thing. From from a viewer standpoint, like, I wouldn't like it'd be fun. Like, oh, the mental game. Who are they going to play? But like, from a player standpoint, I just hate it. Like that. I don't want to be like. No one wants to be third man of the year in round net. That's just means you play. Like, and then there's like the part of it where it's like, oh yeah, you have a bad game. Oh, we're just going to bench this player. And it's like, no. Like, if you have a bad game, you want to keep going and, and make up. And if you have two bad games, you're already out. So like, so it's like yeah, at that point, like. It's not long enough, and there aren't enough people, and it's not like I, th- I like Sean's point. If rallies are going a minute long in the future, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I think we, I think we may actually need some. That's a long. What, time. what about a situation where you can sub mid game and you miss like you double fall three times in a row, and you're like, all right, I need to like catch, I need to be out of here, and you go on the bench for like a few minutes, and then you come back in, and you're feeling good, you're loose, you did some warm up serves on the bench. Yeah, I mean, people, people want to make a career out of playing three points a series. You know, like your closer, your closer. He comes in, he has a ten percent serve, but you need it. He's coming in at twenty nineteen because it's a guaranteed ace. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think we're more likely to have go the coaching route before the three man team route in the in the near future. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, uh, uh, what about four man teams? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that just sounds like two teams to me. That sounds like a club. Yeah. <laughs> and we already talked about clubs. Yeah, I uh Andrew has a lot of good topics. I'm not a fan of this one. This is a this well, one's is a, a good one. topic. This is a no, this is a hard no. That it makes me angry. That's how much <laughs> I this topic. I'm, I'm, I just want to sell my computer and leave right now. <laughs> That means it's good. Good topic. Honestly, I love it from a lazy perspective. The days are too long. Sometimes my arm hurts. Sometimes I need a breather. I'm thinking because you know playing flag football, I run a couple routes. I'm calling someone in. I need a breather. We have we have some games where not everyone's there. We're playing strict five on five. You know I'm covering the QB every every time I can because I'm not. I'm not running playing DB every time, so I'm thinking round net. Ooh, I played a couple pool play games. Mm, I'll take. I'll set. I'll set this one out. You guys got it. Except I mean, a go one go route in football is probably the same amount of running as an entire tournament in round. But <laughs> <laughs> except for back in the day, we used to when you played defense with Ian Golombeski, essentially like you would start up a scheme, but essentially, which definitely is like used today. But essentially, it would involve just like sprinting to the other side immediately, and you do that every time, especially when people are getting one, two, threes, and you're completely out of position. You're just gassed, and you're like, "What is this? One, this defensive scheme isn't working. Two, it's making me worse. <laughs> I'm getting tired as you go." But anyway, okay, hard nose from you. I'll bring it up with the board. I'm probably down. It's probably going to get approved. <laughs> so everyone, start picking up your third player. We're going to start a team right here, us three. But <laughs> they don't want to right sub out, so I'm just going to be there for the glory. I'll, I'll, I will gladly be third man of the year, Logan. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going places, so you're not going to win much. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we gotta we got to wait for the serve ball era to uh, get fixed first. Yeah, well, you'll just win the San Francisco tour stop because you're the only two that can attend. 
<laughs> All right, I'm down. Beautiful. All right, guys, last topic here, and it was a very wholesome one uh, from Andrew. Logan also hates this topic. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> this topic is, uh, Andrew said, uh, to give some thanks, as uh, this should release on, you know, the day before Thanksgiving. So give some thanks for some things in the Roundneck community we're thankful for. Um, don't have too many, but I'm sure I can scrap up a few and, uh, and show some thanks. I'll start with one thing I'm thankful for. Um, I think like similar to what we were talking about with the broadcasting is like, I'm not the biggest sports guy, but it's very cool. Like how excited I get watching round net. Like I just like, I'll, like I'll just get up from my seat or I'll just, I'll have to pace because I'm so nervous. And like, I don't really get that in a lot of things. So it's so great that I have that around it. So I'm thankful for like the game and also the teams and the people that just like make it exciting. Just imagine you pacing in front of your TV watching the latest broadcast. The lot. I'm going back and forth. I'm like Logan. You better call that a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but nothing but great calls there, though. Yeah, so nothing but good calls. Um, yeah, I'll go with, I mean, I feel like I got to go with, I got to go with the taser shot. I mean, that's got to have that, that thankfulness for, uh, the Texas community and, and Brian balling out. And obviously I'm not in there, but still doing a lot with taser. And, uh, a lot of the guys just in the community really owned and helped grow the sport, um, this year and just develop it. And, um, even with everything being crazy, be able to, pause things and find a way to run things in a, in a better manner. Just a lot of people step up and um, had a couple of people like interning for us, uh, Luke Mowry and, and Germ Porter and Matt Cole. So thankful for them because they've been running marketing for us and helping like grow the sport in Texas. So just that it's been cool to see it on a, on like a local level, the sport growing as it's been doing a lot of the country on a local level and seeing how people like are really owning it and wanting to see it grow um which has been exciting so definitely thankful for for that it's a good one i'm thankful for probably what a lot of people are just the people within the community I haven't been in it for so long a lot of my longtime friends i've met through the years and are still friends with uh through spike ball i mean even really i met my now fiance through a mutual spike ball friend that i probably would have never met otherwise so uh, yeah, a lot of little things like that, and then both personally and professionally, what Spikeball has done over the years for for myself is incredible. So, I will be eternally grateful for this this product, this brand, this community. It's funny when you forget that you met the friends through uh, Spikeball and Robin. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll be like, oh yeah, it's my friend. Or like I think my friend Tony, right? Anthony Wrench. We're just great friends. Do we play Roundnet? No, we haven't played Roundnet together in years. But we're still great friends, and I like forget that we met through that, and like that that's kind of the reason we're so close. And also, it strengthened you know current friendships I have. But it's so funny, like I feel like all the time I'll be like, oh yeah, I have a friend in blank that lives in blank and does this, and that's like, how do you know them? Oh, through Spikeball. And I'm like, there's <laughs> so many people that I've met that I forget that I just don't have friends randomly all over the country. You know, I've met them through something. Yeah. Big network. Yeah. It's such a unique thing too. Not everyone has that, so it's cool to be able to be a part of that for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
It is cool. And truthfully, it's cool to just, uh, just yeah, be it not uh, kind of the beginning of something, you know. Uh, see the stuff. It's the right the first ESPN broadcast. Only uh, six years of, of nationals. You know, it's a uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because like someone would say like the beginning was six years ago, but I feel like we're still so early on mm-hmm. in this what this is going to turn out to be, which is kind of crazy to consider. Yeah. I'm thinking about the, the Olympics in like 40 years. <laughs> yeah. And for some at that point, we'll be like, all right, this is just the beginning. <laughs> this is just the beginning. All right. Everyone in the comments, tell us what you're thankful for. Keep yes. that wholesome train going. We need the wholesome train. Well, guys, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, you got some lost season insight. You got a hard no from Logan on teams <laughs> and uh, some, some, uh, some wholesome thankful stuff. And we'd love to see what you're uh, thankful for in the comment. I perceive we'll get a Andrew Gassaway is nasty comment in there. Um, and uh, I, oh, and I think we're all thankful for Gassaway because he's helped us put these out on a regular basis. So yeah, he's nasty. Gotta, gotta throw out that we're thankful. Yeah, for very him. thankful for him. Gotta, gotta. Even if he has bad topics every once in a while, <laughs> we'll forgive him. But guys, all right. Uh, we'll sign it off. Logan's going to go get his laundry. Um, I'm going to throw mine in. And uh, nice. we'll see you in a few weeks. I, but you I all have a... What? I, you can't put yours in until I take mine yeah, out. Yeah, take mine like, out. Yeah, that makes it's sense. A remote that makes sense. <laughs> all right, Sean, you can't do any either. Um, <laughs> bye, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving and a safe one, too. We'll talk to you soon.